Hello and welcome once again to Comics, Culture, and Badass Creators. I am your host, Ian Doherty, and this is episode three with my mentor, Dr. Teresa Rojas. And like the previous two, um, we are just talking about whatever comes to mind. Also, about how Dr. Rojas got into graphic narration and how... Um, she began teaching using graphic narration, graphic novels and comic books and all that fun stuff. So this was the first face-to-face uh, episode that I did, so I didn't... I don't know, I wasn't really accounting for certain things, but... It looks like I got rid of all that, so I don't know if me giving away my my foibles is a good thing, but oh well, I think it, it adds to the um, authenticity of the entire podcast and what I'm trying to aim for, so please enjoy. If you have any, any critiques, any... Any suggestions, by all means, send them my way on Twitter at IanTheScribe. It's I-A-N underscore T-H-E-S-C-R-I-B-E. And enjoy the episode. Hi, Dr. Rojas. Hi, how's it going? Good, good, good. So, oops, shouldn't probably, probably shouldn't bump the table. Okay. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff happened in the past couple of days. Oh yeah, like what? Well, because I'm trying to find a job for the fall. Oh yeah. So I'm not going to put all my chips in the tutor. Yeah, that's good. As, or as a tutor, so yeah, um, yeah. I asked this one place that delivers lumber where I work, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, we're hiring." It's like, "Oh good." If uh, if you could work Saturdays. You, you get one day off during the week. I'm like, and you can do part-time. I'm like, well, that's great. Yeah. So I s- shuffled around my schedule for next fall where I could, where I have Monday, no, no, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, no classes. So Mondays and Wednesdays are going to be hell. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. So. Well, you have my class that mm-hmm. you're taking. Yeah, that's online. online. So that's good. Yeah, but that online class, um. Bios hybrid, a hybrid class. Um, then mass face to face. Then Sam's poetry. Oh, nice. Um, American Mystic 1850, and then. You a full schedule, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but like having those two days off during the week, and then only working six hours on Saturday, that'll. Yeah, that'll be good. So, are you still open to tutoring then? Yes, if. Well, it depends on, you know, the hours and, yeah. you know, all that. Yeah, it would be really nice to, if they give you a reasonable schedule, to have you as the official tutor of Dr. Rojas's English 103. I know. Like, I, I, I would still want to do it. Yeah. But I don't know. If, well, I could probably do it on those days because I'll have, yeah. a, like, a three-hour chunk in between yeah. Sam's class. I was even thinking of dropping Sam's class because it's not something that I need. 
right mm -hmm. now I could take it in, in the spring yeah so you have so, the option yeah. just in case it would be really nice to have you on board um, if they I, I mean I you know what else can I do mm -hmm. like hey I want this guy <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that I'm teaching a lot of sections so you would be you know mm -hmm. one of of several but you would be the go-to tutor for yeah. that class because you've taken it you know what I'm looking for you can tell them all the secrets yeah, I've read all a lot of the yeah and the I material. think I'm going to do I think I'm going to do uh, days of the dead again mm -hmm. I'm doing it right now I'm teaching days of the dead Javier Hernandez's days of the dead and he was the last I guest love it oh great yeah, yeah that's so. perfect so yeah that yeah, and I really, I think that because I have so many Latino students that they're, they're super shocked to read something that is culturally relevant for right. them. And so they really like it, and I love reading those papers. I think they're, they're fascinating papers. So I was thinking about this on the way over because I'm already having to think about fall texts, <laughs> and I thought I should just do that one again. Plus, I have all the lessons for it prepared. Mm -hmm. So It'll make it a little bit easier. Yeah, just a little bit, and then I'm I'm going to do all probably all new texts for the rest of oh, it. Okay. But yeah, so you've done that, and you know you know Javier, and you know you can kind of give them some insight and say, I don't think that's what's going on in the text, <laughs> but it's up to you if you can make a good argument. So. Well, because that's what I did with uh, what's her name? I forgot her name already. With. That student of oh, yours uh, that I helped yeah, yeah. in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Her. <laughs> yes, she passed, by the way. That's yeah. all I'll say. I can't, you know, yeah, well, go into details, but yeah, she, she was very excited she passed. Yeah, she so thanks for that. Said, oh, I got an A, first day I ever got in an English class. Yay. Thank you yeah, so much. she I'm really, like, she hammered it out for that last paper, and she followed a lot of the, you know, the, the directions, and, and I think with your help and with my help, she... That's she really good. pushed it forward, so that was nice. I was very happy yeah, to be able to give her a good grade. The last, <laughs> the last <laughs> version that I saw was not going to be. You know, and that happens. Yeah. That happens. Well, welcome to your future profession, right? right? <laughs> like I said, that happens. You're like, didn't we have a conversation about all of the things that you need to do, and maybe you could do one of them, mm -hmm. this paper, and yeah. I mean, it's impressive because she used the picture book, mm -hmm. so. That was tough. A lot of my students, so so these are students who this last uh, semester, they chose texts from the Latino Comics Expo. So their assignment was to choose any two texts from the expo. They had to pick them up there and compare them. And so for, for that assignment, they weren't as familiar with the assignment, even though they had it ahead of time mm -hmm. as I am. So I knew that it's entirely possible to put any two texts together but they weren't thinking of textual relationships yet and so some of them picked up you know like a children's book and then one of my favorite ones was I think it was one of Rodi Monquijo's children's books like the cloud boy or something mm -hmm. with Crystal Gonzalez is <laughs> uh, one of her in the dark books oh okay and then they were like um I might have made a mistake here. I'm not entirely sure. So. <laughs> well, see, that's what I did because I was going to do, um, what is it? Uh, Batman Hush and then uh, Superman for Tomorrow, which was suggested by um, Sean at Invincible oh, yeah, Comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I was reading 
Superman for Tomorrow, and I wasn't really liking it that much, even though, you know, it's the, it wasn't the same writer, but the, uh, Jim mm-hmm. Lee did the art for both. Mm-hmm. So I, and I was having a hard time with that, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something completely different yeah. and get it done in two weeks. And Remind me, what did you wind up writing about? Uh, Fables, and then the, oh, the video yes. game prequel. That so those papers are super exciting. So you had uh, the uh, the privilege in your class of going with cross media. Mm-hmm. So you got to write about comics, film, television, but one of your books had to be, or one of your texts had mm-hmm. to be a comic. So this class was limited to just text, but yeah. I think that was more than enough for them. I really like doing the the full media version though, which I'll do in the fall. Mm-hmm. Because then it allows, it's more, the papers are a little more dynamic because they can talk about the different media forms and cinematic choices and things like that. But it's also more of a challenge in some ways because they have to think more Mm -hmm. broadly, right? Yeah, because you kind of have to be an active, not just an active reader, but an active watcher as well. Exactly. You just can't (laughs) just turn off your brain and watch the movie or, you know, cartoon, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, get something from it you have to oh wait you have to rewind and then you know and it's a lot more time i don't think people realize that in the beginning so they say oh you know yeah i'll write about uh captain marvel i love that movie Mm -hmm. and then they're like wait a minute it's i don't know how long it is what two hours let's say but to study it it's more like 12 hours Mm -hmm. because you're watching it over and over and over again like even for just well being an active reader it takes a long time to read a book yes yes yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same with, I had a few students from your class and from other classes who really love The Walking Dead. So they said, well, I'll just compare the TV show with mm-hmm. the comic. And there's so many places where the two diverge, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have to say, well, you really have to focus. Do you want to start with the very first, the beginning of both, which are very similar? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to grab it somewhere in the middle? And then they say, oh, I'll just talk about the whole thing. And I'm like, no, oh, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that is too much. <laughs> please, please listen to me now. <laughs> Don't try it. Don't try it. So, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. But now, like, whenever I look at a paper or, like, a prompt for a paper, I'm like, okay, that's easy now. Yeah. yeah, good. Because um, in my Native American class, mm-hmm. we either had to do a, a, a paper on tracks by Louise Erdrich. Mm-hmm. Like Erdrich, yeah. yeah. And then um, Sherman Alexie's uh, True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. Yep. And like, I had already read that in Children's Lit, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm going to do that, concentrate on that. Yep. Plus, I, I, I kind of want to read, read that as an active reader, see, because yeah. she's asking, like, is somebody who's not Native American, like, does it shine uh, Native Americans, like, in a bad light? Yeah. You know, just because of the stereotypes and all that stuff. So yeah, that's, so, that's really interesting because it makes you think about not just how you're processing it and you're analyzing the text, but what kind of potential stereotypes or imagery is that creating for you is is it adding to what you already know is it kind of challenging the way you think about native americans that sort of thing like i'm i'm worried about saying the wrong thing right you know know, i don't want to offend anybody actually in the in the discussions i try to prod people just because i don't i don't care about them (laughs) (laughs) 
But you don't want to offend the professor? Is yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Emily's a really good, good. She does. She has a really good online class. Like, yeah. Of oh, all, that's good. Yeah. Of all the, it's very, you know, um, it's interactive and it's very. Um, why can't I think of the word right now? Um, so it's entertaining. Yeah, entertaining, and it's also um, compelling. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah. I really need to touch base with her because she evaluated one of my online classes a while back, and I want to ask her if I can peek into hers because we were talking about videos and different things and ideas, and I'm trying to keep... So I'm teaching a five-week right now, which is murder, <laughs> but it's also really cool because it's a lot of students who are just trying to get through really fast. Mm -hmm. Some of them are they're ready to graduate now, and they just have oh, this okay. class or maybe two more classes left. But I want to make it interesting for them, right? And but it's the first time setting up modules for me that are that fast. So oh, right. I have to put three, four weeks of work into one week. Yeah. And so putting that together when I was putting it together initially, I'm like, okay, I just need you know a couple hours because that's normally all I need. No, more like five, <laughs> six, eight hours later, I'm like, okay, yeah. note to self. Yeah, because um, I'm like I'm trying to get ahead in the class because yeah. she, she always she always puts the uh, the module for the following week up um, for the current week that we're working on. Yeah. So I'm trying to get ahead so I could get more time to work on other stuff. So. Yeah, and so. on the pro professor side, it'd be nice to have that ready. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. I have yet to meet that challenge where I have <laughs> enough material ready so that I can release it a week in advance but I did it this all everything's up for my online class we have two weeks left and everything is up now oh, which is a good. Christmas miracle right there <laughs> so I had to close the final Dropbox I told them I don't want that paper yet because you have to read my feedback there's nothing more frustrating well you know first world professor problems <laughs> than spending so much time on feedback for 40 papers and then clearly nobody's reading the feedback so i required them to comment on the feedback so okay. they have to say what they changed and so they can't do that if they haven't read the feedback right. yet so i just said i'm closing the box just so you know that won't be open till finals week so That's i want good. you to really go through this carefully so yeah that was that was fun doing that on the road and then students are like I'm dying. It's going too fast. That's what I warned you, man. It's a five-week class. What do you expect? Five-week class. It's normally 16 weeks. Yeah. So, okay, just everybody take a deep breath. And I was really shocked at how many, how many people um, stuck with it, though. I've been trying mm -hmm. to be very encouraging about it because I know it's rough. It's rough on me. I know it's rough on them. And I've got a pretty good, um, pretty high percentage of people who are, they only have two weeks left. So, yeah. really... Not, week and a half not too many people dropped not too many the That's first good. couple days i lost a good chunk and some mm. i knew they were going to drop because they were like i haven't gotten the book yet and, oh. and you know sorry but yeah. you have to have the book by the first yeah, day for the, a class uh, that short the way they do financial aid is like you have to at least have started nine credits yeah yeah during the summer nobody starts nine credits. well some people but they're crazy yeah credits at the beginning of summer right Right. Yeah. The Monday after fi the Friday of finals. Yeah. I mean, who does that? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not so much. So and I understand that. But that that happens to be a class where there's no room. Mm -hmm. There's no you just can't give the leeway because yeah. unlike in a 16 week course where you can meander a little bit in the beginning to give students a chance to catch up. 
you just can't do that in a five-week course. So I had to also be kind of mean in the beginning and say, sorry, take me in the fall. I'm happy to have you, but it's not going to happen this time. And they were like, okay. But I lo everybody who's in the class now is working super hard. Um, we're reading, so this is the first time I'm teaching a book called Day Tripper, and it's fantastic. It's uh, uh, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon, who are twins, they're Brazilian, and this book came out, I, I want to say 2012, 13, I could be wrong about the year, or maybe it was earlier, because it came out serially, I believe. But um, it's great. It's, it's about this, the main character, and this is not giving anything away because it's in the very first mm -hmm. issue, dies, and then dies, and then... Oh, just <laughs> yeah, that so it's, that yeah, so it's these different versions of what life would be like in these, I, I don't know whether to call them parallel universes or, or what exactly, but it's a super oh, interesting... Yeah, yeah, kind of these, these do-overs and, and uh, things happen to other people as well. And so you get to see these different variations of, of life. And so I'm having them, they're writing about that, but then for their final paper where they do that whole comparative analysis thing, they're actually comparing within that book. Oh, okay. So it's one chapter to another chapter. So a, the, the main character at a certain age to the main character at a different a oh, okay. age and then they have to talk about what you know what that means. How how are you putting this together? That way they didn't have to they didn't have any time to look for another book, right. so it's all right there. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of the entire yeah yeah and and also I'm really interested in this whole thing that we're trying to do with lowering the cost of texts for students. It's very difficult to do, and I'm kind of digging in my heels a little bit with the comics because I think that. Cartoonists don't get it paid enough to begin with. The writers and the artists and everybody involved, there isn't enough money as it as you know, right now. And so, I didn't want to just jump in and say, "Well, we'll just you know, make copies." And mm -hmm. no, <laughs> no. I think with comics or graphic novels, as long as you're not getting like a a Marvel event, which is like thirty-five bucks. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that overall they're they're really reasonably priced, and I always have reserve copies. So I always have one or two, if I can, set of books, so students have access to them for two-hour increments. But I I, f I believe very strongly in the movement toward free texts and or low-cost yeah. texts. But I also believe very strongly in paying people for their art. And particularly when it comes to people of color, you know, we're always asking asked to be, do things free, and I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I both give things away and you know give my labor away, and and I ask you know friends and to do favors. But I try to do it in a way that there's an exchange of some sort. Right. So if they need me for something, I'm willing to do it. But in terms of, hey, they created a book, mm -hmm. and so this is their income. This is part of their livelihood. I want to figure out a way, and and I'm going to be working with. Um, my my buddy, my office mate, um, Shirley Miranda, she's actually in charge of, I wish I could remember the title, but she's in charge of the whole movement on campus oh. to go to low and no cost yeah, textbooks. Because they have that program, I forgot what it's, what it's called. Yeah. You, you have to, or the, the voucher program for, for texts. Oh yeah, that's something a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, this is so, 
so that the materials are properly copyrighted and everything mm -hmm. and they're accessible either electronically or we have a particular set uh, to be honest I don't know what all is involved mm -hmm. but I really like the idea we were having this sort of mini chat about it and and I said I just don't I can't visualize at this moment how we could do this so that my artists and writers get paid right. still and she said well maybe we can you know together come up with something so that it's you know, it's going to be an innovation if no one else is doing it. So I love exactly. the idea yeah. of that. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I think it would also help more, get more eyes on the materials. So let's say they take my class or someone else's class where they're using comics where it's a low cost or no cost. Mm -hmm. But then that turns into a gateway, right? Right. A gateway into someone's work. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I've never even heard of this person. <laughs> Let me go and buy all the rest yeah. of their, so, their stuff. So you heard it here first. Dr. Rojas's class is a gateway drug <laughs> to... Gateway to comics. Yeah, gateway to comics, arts, graphic novels. and Pop culture. Yeah. Yes. A lot of fun all stuff. All good things. All <laughs> good things. <laughs> Just to clarify the type of gateway we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah. No actual drugs. Yes. Yeah, disclaimer. There's yeah. a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. No actual drugs. No actual drugs. Promoted. Yeah. <laughs> only literacy and yes. um, reading, reading, art, and value valuing popular culture. How's that? Yes, uh, that's much better than <laughs> there we go than what I came up with. Yes, I would but like to uh, sustain my job as long as possible. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, in order to because we're recording this in a study room yes. on campus, so I said that it was a workshop. Which I mean, we're not. Li you know, I wasn't lying. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. we're. It's a podcast workshop. Yeah, yeah. It's we're, a, we're it's workshopping stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, we're trying this. By the way, I want. Speaking of that, though, I want to mention. I'm so proud that you're doing this. Oh, well, thank you. So exciting! I'm really excited to to be here as a guest. The, I have done one other podcast, but it was very short and it was on the phone. Oh, okay. And so that's to a totally different experience than Is to that, be uh, here with that Fredericks. Uh, no, oh. actually, I haven't been asked Oh, my yet, gosh. But maybe I will sometime soon. Hmm. Um, no, it was for the graphic medicine group, Oh, okay. And they were asking me, I can't remember if it was right before a conference or right after. It might have been right after. And the, um, the host of the podcast was asking me what I was reading. And, and I, I brought up a bunch of new stuff, things that mm -hmm. I had found around and then also, um, I think at the time I was just starting to read Javier Javier Hernandez, his stuff. Mm -hmm. I was reading some Love and Rockets at the time as well. Oh, I know. I was at, at MIT oh, okay. at the time. Yeah. So what was I teaching and what was I talking to my students about, that kind of thing. So I got to meet some really cool folks there as well, including Marjorie Liu, who yeah. does... Um, Monstrous. Monstrous. Thank she you. She did a lot of uh, X-Men yeah, yeah, that's Marvel. how she started. So she started as a writer, or she was a lawyer, and then she decided not to pursue that that's, career and started writing instead. Yeah, that's wild. Which like, is amazing. And then based on her novels, uh, she got some work and then was working on X-Men. And I'm, I'm probably getting the timeline wrong, but that eventually led her to working on... She decided she wanted to do her own thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because then she owns it and... Yeah. Learning with, uh, excuse me, working with uh, Sana Takeda on the art, which is just gorgeous. That's a, that's a book you should teach, Monsters. I have. Oh, you I have. have. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think I've done it maybe three times. Oh, okay. And so, <laughs> so quick story, or maybe not so quick, I don't know. <laughs> so the first time I taught 
103, yeah, which is the advanced English comp course here, I just wanted to teach all my favorite things. And I had just come from MIT where I taught my favorite, they let me teach my favorite class ever, which was women in, in comics. Or maybe it was called women and comics. Mm -hmm. No, women in comics. So it included women as creators, but also women just involved in comics. So we had a lot of amazing guests, including Marjorie. We got Carol Tilly um, from Illinois. And we got, um, I just got a whole bunch of people, mm -hmm. different guests, and also including some folks who were, had prominent female characters in their work. And so in that class, I got, just got to teach a whole bunch of like, badass feminist stuff. Yeah, that's cool. So my first semester here, I thought, well, I'm going to carry over a lot of those texts because I really enjoyed teaching them. So so and I, uh, you'll, you'll find out why I'm laughing a little bit. So I taught Monstrous, Bitch Planet, <laughs> uh, what else? It'll come to me in a minute, but I took, first of all, I had six texts, which is way too many, right? And that's in addition to McLeod. Mm -hmm. So we were reading every, we had the two weeks intro, and then we had two weeks finals, and then we were, we were taking like maybe a week and a half at the most, mm -hmm. and some of them we had to read in a week. So oh, wow. they were, we were going super fast. Oh, Saga was another one. Okay. And all texts that I absolutely love. But about two-thirds of the way through the semester, I had a few students coming by, and they were just like, so I realized that, you know, feminism is important, and, and we're talking about, you know, badass characters, and, but man, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them were, I won't say they were complaints exactly, but they were sort of exhausted by the whole girl power thing. And I get it. They mm -hmm. didn't get, I didn't really ease them into it, which... I realize some folks would say, well, why should you have to? Right. But at the same time, when you're studying Bitch Planet, for example, you really shouldn't study at the beginning of the semester. <laughs> That's one closer to the yeah, end because then you, you have to develop trust and develop a, a sense of, yes, this professor knows she's guiding you in a particular mm -hmm. direction. And also Saga has, you know, the very beginning. Are you familiar with the no. series? It's fabulous and it's an ongoing i think they're on hiatus at the moment but it's an ongoing series and the very first page has this giant splash page of a woman who looks like she's you know if i can just say she looks like she's taking a shit oh wow <laughs> but yeah, she's you not can, you can curse on, on okay this. good so she that's what she looks like <laughs> she's on the toilet but really she's in in labor oh okay. and you know and then mayhem ensues from there yeah. and there's a there's warring planets involved yeah that's a pretty intense introduction to yeah. to something <laughs> and and it's but you, you were dealing with women's bodies and mm -hmm. different kinds of bodies and there's there's a lot of sex in it and there's a lot of sex trade oh, and wow. so we get into these discussions but you have to you have to get there you know mm -hmm. you have to develop before you can really <laughs> comfortably yeah. get into those conversations and i it was my first semester so i wasn't or maybe that was my second semester i think it was my second so we hadn't quite gotten there and they were just kind of being bombarded mm -hmm. with all of these new ideas and then and then we jump into talking about um you know the exploitation genre and they're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
But it was great because mm-hmm. some of them then walked away with so much new innovative stuff that they were just like, you know, on fire in, in positive ways. Mm-hmm. And some of them were just like, this lady's crazy. <laughs> like, what what just happened? Yeah, that's, you know? that's, that's the mixture of conservatism and um, yeah. liberalism here. In Which was a really good introduction for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was just like, hey, you know, at MIT, we were like, whatever, just yeah. do whatever. What are your ideas? What? And I was also talking about, you know, brain function and neuroscience and throwing all that in. And oh, okay. like, it was a lot for them. And then I realized, okay, I need to, I need to, first of all, not have as many texts because then we can take more time mm-hmm. with each text and I can really dig in a little bit more and get to know my students a little better so it's been it's been a really nice evolving process Mm -hmm. and what i have appreciated is how one of the many things i love about modesto and these students is that they are willing most of them are Mm -hmm. willing to like jump in and kind of see what happens Mm -hmm. and you lose some of them yeah but at the same time the ones who are are there and i have a lot of students who stay till the end and the ones who are there in the end are just like, man, either they're just like, wow, thank you. Or there'll be like a couple who are like, I never want to see you again, <laughs> which is totally fine. Wow. Yeah, that's how it goes. So let's now talk about how you got into comics. Oh, yeah. How did I get into comics? What is my... It's funny. I was just thinking about origin stories mm-hmm. of different sorts on the way over here. Um, so really... My my comics origin goes back to growing up. When I was little, I remember my mom would buy me comics at the drugstore. So they had those spinner racks, mm-hmm. and but they were very like kid comics. But they were great comics. Mm-hmm. So the one that I had the most of that I loved was Archie. I was a huge fan of Archie comics mm-hmm. or the spinoffs like Betty and Veronica or the little Digest books. Mm-hmm. Those were really fun. And then my mom would also get me Casper and Richie Rich. Oh, okay. So those three, the triad, were mm-hmm. <laughs> those were very much my beginning comics. And then um, I kept a lot of the, I remember I kept a lot of the Archie ones for a while. And then probably by the time I was a teenager, I wasn't so much into those, but I got into, I really got into horror my family was huge into horror growing up. I mean, like, <laughs> I've told people this story where when we, so we first started renting videos, they, the first video that my family rented, the first, what was it, VHS? This was back when you could, this is how, because I'm 107, right? So you could choose between VHS or beta. Oh, I, I remember that. I was, I was probably <laughs> four years old, yeah, but I... I remember watching E.T. on Baymax. Yeah, so it was probably like 14. So we would rent we would rent them, but the very first movie that my family ever rented was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. As a family film, by the way. <laughs> we watched it as a family, and that, those are the kind of, of movies that we watched, and, and I loved it. I don't really love those kind of movies as an adult. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm way too aware of what the people are capable of now. Yeah. But that sort of was an entryway for me into looking at, um, really getting interested in horror um, art and things and looking at magazines like Fangoria. Mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of Fangoria. But then also into uh, science fiction. I was a big Star Trek fan. 
and I would I got invited a few times to go to Star Trek conventions. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to go to a few of those and meet. I met, um, well, William Shatner when you could just, you know, go up to a table and say hi. Yeah. Yeah, I met a few of those folks. And um, I came back into comics. I remember, I have this vague memory when I was an undergrad at Berkeley. I would go to the comic shops and look at the comics I don't think I bought too much stuff, but I remember seeing Love and Rockets, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing Robert Crumb, and just being like, I cannot buy those. <laughs> I, especially not the R. Crumb, right? Because I'll get in trouble. I lived at home with my oh, parents, okay. even though I was in college. It's like, why are you why, why are you buying porn? Yeah, so. like mm, we need to have a talk. They, I, <laughs> my mom already had enough problems with the books I was getting from college, like the required oh, books, okay. like. Gloria and Saldua and all these lesbian feminists. And my mom's like, hmm, is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> no, man, I'm in college. What do you want from me? <laughs> so, but I was, I, I was keeping, oh, I was collecting Catwoman. I started collecting Catwoman. And then I would go to an occasional Star Trek convention with some friends of my aunt who were really sweet and would take the kids to these, these really fun Are these the same women who were um, Raphael's? Star Trek groupies the first time he visited Invincible? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I didn't even know him or them yeah. <laughs> back back in the day. No, this was when I was at, I was at Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, an undergrad at Berkeley. Um, just a young thing back then. <laughs> and uh, so I, I remember being really interested in, and I still actually have a bunch of the Catwoman comics, and I would go, and that's what I was collecting. I was looking at Catwoman, and I was looking at uh, Wonder Woman, although I didn't buy too many mm-hmm. of those. For some reason, Catwoman was just really fascinating. And then I kept all of those, but like I had a Star Trek compendium and I had, <laughs> I don't know, some crazy business. And I still have those, but I sort of put them away. And then it wasn't until grad school. So I went to Ohio State for my PhD program and I was interested in a bunch of things. And, and this was before Frederick was my advisor. Mm-hmm. I had an advisor, and, um, and he he said, well, it, it came around to that time when you have to decide what you're going to start writing about, what are, you, what are you thinking about for your dissertation, and I knew I liked traveling, but I really, I was an artist then, so mm-hmm. I, was, I was exhibiting artwork, and I said visual culture is really important, uh, feminism, autobiography is a big deal for me, um, things, things like that, and he said, well, I want you to read this book. It's called Fun Home, and it's by Alison Bechtel. And I remember sitting in his office, his name is David Herman, very well-known professor, scholar of narrative theory. So Mm -hmm. I was studying storytelling there at Ohio State. Excuse me, at the Ohio State (laughs) University. You have to say it at least once, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in his office going, why is he giving me a comic? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know graphic novel as a term yet. Right. But he's he's handing it to me, and but I had, I had I knew by that point that he was someone I trusted implicitly. So if he's telling me to read this comic, mm-hmm. I need to read this comic. So I took it home, and Alison Bechtel's Fun Home takes place in a funeral home, and it's shortened to Fun Home, and it's this just fabulous, fabulous um, novel about coming out and dealing with like parents and a parent coming out and all these crazy things happening growing up in this space and it just blew my mind <laughs> so I went back to talk to David and I said I this you know I'm kind of hold, holding the thing up <laughs> waving it say I want to work on this kind of thing this has all the things 
it was autobiographical, mm-hmm. dealing with visual culture, feminism, clearly, and all these other really cool things that I was interested in. At one point, I just wanted to read travel books, and, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but I also had, I remember I had a professor at one point who was very judgmental and was telling me things like, well, or had written things. They used to do these evaluations of us, and they don't do them anymore. Mm-hmm and had written things in my evaluation. I got an A in the class, but wrote things like, should pursue ethnic studies, talks too much, you know, all these crazy things that really hurt, you know? (laughs) And I went to Frederick and I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I belong here. And and Frederick was like, this is is a gatekeeper. And this is not someone you should listen to. Mm -hmm. I had another professor say, who had asked me what I was interested in. I said, oh, I think I should read D.H. Lawrence. And, oh. you know, I had all this list of books. And she was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> she said, you don't strike me as a, as a Lawrence scholar, although if that's what you want to do. Right. But she said, who is the voice that's telling you to pursue that instead of what you really want to mm-hmm. do? What do you really want to do? So there's this sort of time intersection here. But I had started reading... So I get the uh, the green light to pursue reading more comics from David. Frederick had already published a book, so this would have been 2009 when he published Your Brain on Latino Comics. And then I take Robin Morehall's class where I did it with my with my very good friend Christopher Gonzalez. We did a presentation on Fun Home, so we're bringing in these narrative theory concepts and applying them and exploring them and kind mm-hmm. of shaking them up with Fun Home. And then Robin tells me, you need to work on what you want to work on, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I had another professor, <clears throat> and these are all, all these all these people are friends and colleagues, mm-hmm. and they work really well together, even though they don't agree with each other, who I had gone to a conference and I said, hey man, we're all the people of color. <laughs> like, where are the, where are the, the scholars working on material written by people mm-hmm. of color. And he said, yeah, that's a great question. You need to ask that question. And if that's the work you want to do, do that work and don't let anyone stop you. So Ohio State was this magical place for <laughs> me in so many ways. I say that about MIT all the time, but it was at Ohio State where I had this reawakening into, or really awakening into the world of comics. And all this support, uh, uh, support of my ideas and the path, and then I had people who were guiding me and mm-hmm. also saying, that sounds good, but don't forget about this piece here, and then what about these series, and go read this stuff. And I would read things I had no idea what they were. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on here. This theory, I jumped into a, a narrative theory. It was like super high level narrative theory course with uh, Jim Phelan, who's an incredibly well-known narrative theory scholar. And I remember sitting there going, I don't know what's going on, man. (laughs) Why I'd have to work really hard. And I went to talk to him and he was like, it's okay. It's okay. Just hang in there and Uh keep working really hard. And you can work on whatever text you want in addition to what we're doing in class. But just keep, you know, keep pushing forward. And then I took the intro class after. So I, they were offered in the in the wrong order. Oh. So by the time I took the intro class, I was like, hey, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that you have to. So, so to go back to comics for a second, specifically, there's so much there. What I learned is that there's so much to explore mm-hmm. in a single issue, in a single 
you know, trade in a single graphic novel. And I was interested in storytelling and, and, you know, the science of it and the scholarship of it. And comics just turned out to be this incredible way to bring these things together and to just, like, keep me... That's what Mm -hmm. you want as a scholar is you want material that's going to keep you going, Mm -hmm. right? And just keep you like, yes, yes, yes. And so that's what what comics gave me. Also, there's probably, like... A million like Shakespeare scholars, like cl- all classic literature. There's enough scholars yes. for that. I wasn't gonna be another Jane Austen scholar. No offense, Jane Austen's <laughs> lovely, but that was just not. Or D. H. Lawrence for that, mm-hmm. for that matter. I remember standing in the library going, "Yeah, he, I think I like some of these titles. This looks good. I, I, I could do this, sure." But then I read Fun Home, and I was like, "No." Yeah, I, I think by taking your class, that it because I had heard about your class through Jocelyn Turner. Oh, yeah. So and I was like, okay, I'm taking that class because it was about, com- or, you know, you used comic books. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can't take it next semester. I'll take it in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, like, as soon as my registration date, I was like, boom, registered. And then it's like the best class I've taken. Like, and I've already, I already got that path that you were talking about. Yeah. Because it's what I want to do. Like, I'm reading man- manga and I'm, you know, actively reading it, and I'm like, oh, I could talk about this, like, or I could write about this, I so could write about that. your brain is already yeah. working on that level, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And I don't know if there's, like, I'm not a huge manga fan, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's that many manga scholars out there. There aren't, there yeah. certainly aren't as many as there are comics in general, mm-hmm. and even comics in general, I mean, from my perspective, it seems like, yeah, there are tons, but really, in the overall world of scholarship, mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of us, Yeah. so there are even fewer manga scholars Mm -hmm. and I think it's great Uh, by the way this entire time that I was away I was looking for I'd go to a bookstore and I was looking for is it My Hero Academia Mm -hmm. I was keeping an eye out for that one and then also I'm so mad at myself I found um, what is it Tokyo Ghoul right I found it at a half price books in Louisville Kentucky but I was in a hurry Uh oh so I put it aside with I found a Scott McCloud, a book that Scott McCloud edited on um, the 24-hour comic. And I thought, I don't have time. I got to go. So I put them aside in a little spot where I thought, okay, they'll be here. <laughs> I went back two days later, gone. Oh, I was no. so mad. Now I just have to order it. Yeah. Just suck it up and pay full price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that one, Tokyo Ghoul is one that a lot of students have recommended. Yeah. Like maybe like three or four at yeah. this point. Uh, one in my class, somebody did their uh final paper on Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot what his name was, but... I don't remember who it was either, yeah. but one of my online students who just finished in the spring also oh, recommended it. Yeah. yeah. And then another student who's taking my class now, that's the only... That's the only, I guess it's a series, so it's mm-hmm. the only comic he's ever read. Oh, wow. He was just like, oh, I love this so much. I don't want to read anything else. So I'm like, no, no, that should lead you to read other things. Yeah. So would you incorporate manga... Yeah, I think once I know, once I have a better hang of how to read it mm-hmm. and how it's put together, I mean, I think some conceptually we can talk about the exact same things. Right. And I certainly let students who want to work on that for their final projects, if there's a, a manga that they want to mm-hmm. look at. I had one paper, it might have been, no, I think it was before your class, I had a student who worked on, it was a manga I can't remember the name of it, but it incorporates Disney characters into it. Oh, Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts, that's it. And then there's a video game, Mm -hmm. right? 
So she wrote about the manga, a particular issue, and mm-hmm. then the video game. And that was one of my favorite papers. That's amazing because that yeah. game takes a long time to be. It sounded so yeah. involved when she first presented it to me. I thought, ah, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to focus this. But it was really good. She did a great job. Yeah. Like, if I would have been as into my hero as I you know, as I am now, mm-hmm. back in October, yeah, that was, that's when I first started watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I would have done my final paper on my hero and the manga. But, like, during uh, winter break, that's all I did. I just watched my hero. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to buy the manga. I, I don't have any other mangas, just my hero. So, like, I, I highly recommend that one just because yeah. it's, I mean, it has the tropes of most, like, manga. Like, there's the hero. You already know kind of like the end of mm-hmm. you know but it's his journey to becoming and then you have the faded rival who's who's a dick all faded <laughs> rivals are dicks yeah. you know they, they good to know yeah they're <laughs> but like bakugo he, he they grew up together they went to like middle school together and then like and he has this quirk they call it the superpowers quirks mm-hmm. and he his quirk he could make um he sweats like uh, napalm like substance from his oh. hand so he makes explosions. I hate when that happens by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. But so he's cocky, he has attitude, he's you know full of pride. He's like I'm the best. There's yeah. nobody going to beat me and then here comes somebody who was born without a quirk all of a sudden gets a quirk and is on the same level as he is. So oh. Yeah, I definitely want to pick that up. I'm always looking at what what my students are recommending Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I can't keep track of everything. Yeah, there's too much. Yeah, there's way, way too much, which is also why I love going to the small, you know, little conventions Mm -hmm. and things and meeting new new cartoonists and stuff because then I get to read their work. Mm -hmm. And I have so much. I have a huge backlog of stuff (laughs) I'm supposed to read this summer. And so that's that's after the May master's over. Uh, yes, which <laughs> will be, I think, the 6th or the 8th of June. So not, not so too next far away. Week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have about a week, just over a week and a half mm-hmm. left. And then finish the grading and then go through piles. And I have a lot of art projects I need to get to and get through. And I want to get out um, the, a call for, I have to decide. So I'm doing an, a, a new anthology. I'm officially starting it. I don't have a title yet. But (laughs) among the many things I was thinking about driving over here, I should have a title by the time I get there. (laughs) But it's really in the same spirit or or in a similar spirit in some ways to the St. Susia Mm -hmm. series, um, the the zines. I absolutely fell in love with St. Susia, both as a a, a text Mm -hmm. and the, the women who are... who are involved in the creators the editors and you know and then and then also the contributors i found out so many people i know have contributed i had no idea oh yeah (laughs) i I met them was it last fall or the fall before and i had never heard of it but once i heard of it and i started mentioning to people people were like oh yeah like we go way back and i thought well i'm a dummy i'm the only one who hasn't heard of this thing and then I got to um, spend some time getting to know them a little better at the uh, Latino Comics Expo in March. And I picked up some more of their work. And unfortunately, they've, they've ended now the run of St. Susia. 
But I just love this mm. idea of putting out a call for art. Mm-hmm. But so so they uh, they would accept poetry, prose, photography, you know, color art, mm-hmm. pa- anything, pretty much anything that fits into this conception of art and then curate what goes into the magazine. And I love that. So I want to start something like that as well. And there's going to be a Modesto issue. There's going to be a Mujeres issue. So women, Latina Mm -hmm. women issue. There's going to be an origins issue. Oh, speaking of that's how I was thinking of it. I'm really interested in just putting it conceptually as submit something that has to do with origins. Mm-hmm. It can be your origins, it can be your, you know, comics origin right. story, or it can be, you know, where you're from and why it matters kind of thing. Just whatever whatever it is that that you're thinking of. So I have to decide which one's gonna come first. I'm either going to do the origins one first or the Modesto one. Mm-hmm. I have to decide in the next few days and then put the call out and then just see what I get. Put it together. Maybe it'll be tiny, maybe mm-hmm. it'll be huge, I don't know. But I think this would be such a great place. There's so much talent Mm -hmm. here in Modesto, but there's also so much talent that we are related to. Right. So I have to get that off the ground and then a whole bunch of other art projects that I need to. So, speaking of getting moving, what are uh, any news on the Latinx Comics Fest? Yes. So I should I make the official the official uh, what would we call it the official media announcement? I guess <laughs> it's like this is breaking news. Breaking news. So why am I looking around? Yeah. People can't hear me. It's like the crowd is going nuts right now. You can't hear them or see them, but, but they are going the, insane. The air is palpable. Palpable. You know what I mean? Yes. It's palpable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the big news is thus. March 20th and 21st, 2020, mm-hmm. is the official date for the Latinx Comics Festival. And this is the first announcement we're working on. The Save the Date will be out actually any day now. Oh, good. And and then we'll have, within the month, we'll have uh, the poster out. And I won't tell you who's working on that because that'll be a special oh. separate announcement. Maybe you have to have me back. I this. guess, yeah. I mean... <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's amazing because I had this phenomenal chance to work with the founders of the Latino Comics Expo mm-hmm. with uh, Ricardo Padilla and Javier Hernandez, who are now dear friends of mine. And it was a it was an amazing experience. I learned so much. Mm-hmm. It was like my training year, and <clears throat> I learned a lot about you know navigating these different worlds where the college has certain demands and rules and then the comics folks you know want certain things and how to bring those together how to how to navigate everything and so they're moving on to do to go back to you know doing their thing which is great and the college right away said to me well I sh- by the college I mean the, the folks at campus life who I kind mm-hmm. of answered to were just right away on board are you, are you doing this again we want to do this again we want to give you some starter money, so I'm not going to say no. Right. <laughs> Wave the dollars at me. <laughs> yeah. I love, uh, I tell my dean this all the time. I said, you know, I love finding, figuring out where to get the money to do the things. Tell me where the money is to do the things. <laughs> <laughs> because all this comes to the students, mm-hmm. right? And so we already got the okay. I've got some uh, starter funds. I have to figure out where all the rest of the money is going coming from. But it's going to be 
a little bigger. It's going to be better. We're going to try to do the lowrider thing again. We had a lowrider exhibit, which was fantastic. And I've already talked to Carson Grubaugh, who curated the art exhibit. We had prints of, we had prints of, where were they from? Oh, they were from the anthology, Tales from La Vida. Mm -hmm. There was this uh, exhibit at San Jose State. Well, they were nice enough to send us the prints and to do whatever we wanted with them oh, because that's they were cool. just going to get rid of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is uh, Catherine Blackmer Reyes is a librarian mm -hmm. over at San, San Jose State. And she was quite lovely, and she said, yeah, take them. So we were able to exhibit a bunch of them. And then what we did was anyone who was there, a cartoonist mm -hmm. who, or creators who were there, we gave them their prints. So they had gigantic versions of the prints. Oh, and that's cool. Said, you, know, you can do whatever yeah. you want. So one of the things we want to do, we want to do something like that. And we're going to organize. Um, Catherine has already offered to help out with that, to the printing done, mm -hmm. and then Catherine Enos. No, Catherine oh. Blackmer Reyes oh. over at San Jose. Oh, State. San Jose. State. Mm -hmm. And then Carson's going to curate There's it. So again. many people. And I know. <laughs> Listen, this is this is one of the things I learned is that you see the people in front, right? So you see like Javier, and you see Ricardo, or you see the three of us working mm -hmm. on this last show. But there's so many people behind us, mm -hmm. next to us, in front of us, <laughs> you know, both helping and putting little blockades. So you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to, to figure out how to go around, you know. Um, you know, what kind of vehicle do I need to drive around you <laughs> or, I mean, collaborate with you? So you it was such an, uh, just phenomenal learning experience. So initially I was like, I am done. <laughs> I don't need to do this again anytime soon. But after a couple of days, I was already, there were so many people asking me about it. And the students, really, there was so much enthusiasm. Because what I did with my classes, I had them every, every, I taught the same class, I taught several sections. And their final assignment was weaving in that, attending the thing and picking up text from mm -hmm. the event. So I'm going to do that again. <clears throat> and it gave them a chance to meet all of these folks, right. you know. We had these great panels, and so we'll have some of the similar panels, but we're going to also have some brand new panels. Right. And we've already had some requests for, you know, if you do this again, can you think about this panel or that panel? So, but you only have so many hours in a day. Right. That's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, we could have panels all week. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it's happening March 20th, 21st. Same place, which is um, Mary Stewart Rogers. Thank you. Building. I couldn't remember <laughs> the name of the building. Mary Stewart Rogers building, and we'll have lots of uh, media. I'm going to create um, a Facebook page, so we'll have now an official page, and at some point we'll have a website connected to the college, oh. and we'll probably have a. I guess I'll have to create a Twitter feed. <laughs> it's yeah. just a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think you have a couple mentees who could help you with this that stuff. This is true. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I need to use my resources. Yes. yes. That's another thing I'm learning is to delegate and use the resources. But there, it's also a great way to allow students, you know, a foot in the door. Right. So like having, I had you and, and Lucero at my table, which was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And it was great because I was able to, you know, step away and do other things and then come back. Mm -hmm. And you guys were, I can't wait to see your work. Yeah. And uh, you'll have your, your own table space. 
And three we'll feet of three feet of goodness yeah, of three arty goodness yeah, arty goodness <laughs> and <laughs> a bunch of bullshit so i i, I think that's uh, i think you mean bullshit for sale yeah yeah bullshit for sale <laughs> hey there's if, a market for yeah, it yeah if anybody wants to buy some bullshit come find me in march <laughs> i think you found your sales pitch yeah. right there yeah. That's, that's that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be Deku Studios. Yeah. Buy some bullshit. There you go. Yeah. I see a, I see signage. Yeah. I see a marketing <laughs> campaign. I think that'd be great. It, it'll be really interesting to see who comes back. Mm-hmm. And there, a lot of folks have already asked me, "Are you doing it again? Do you have a date?" And so we'll have the official the official Facebook announcement because we've just done the first right. media announcement. Right? Yeah. Is, am I in a junket now? Is this the, the first stop of my... <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, we would have started with it. <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a junket maybe in January. There you go. That, that, you know, a little bit closer, a couple months away. Yeah, we'll do a... a we'll have to do... As soon as we have the posters and everything, mm-hmm. too, um, we're going to have those early enough. I'm really excited because we'll have them early enough so that when we have Institute Day, which is kind of our in-service day before the semester starts, we'll have it to announce to the to the entire college. And, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Because at the Celebration of Humanities, um, Dr. Beggs was talking about LCX, or mm-hmm. uh, L- the Latino Comics Expo. Yeah, LCX. Okay, I was yes. like... All right. Um, <laughs> I know. Technically, I like, it's an E. e- <laughs> okay. We call it LCX. So, and he said that it's coming back, and I wanted to jump up and say, no, it's not coming back. It's going to be something different, That's but right. I didn't want to ruin the... Uh, yeah, to say, you're wrong. And <laughs> run out, <laughs> walk out. Yeah. And then Op would have been like, what the fuck is what wrong with this happened? guy? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. But, it yeah. is, but it isn't. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be phenomenal. And I think it'll be really cool to have something that is, you know, Modesto-centered mm-hmm. long-term. I think long-term, what I'm thinking about doing is turning it into potentially every other year only because I need I need spring to do some other things as right. well. But the fact of the matter is once you get it going and then, <laughs> like, it's so exciting mm-hmm. and amazing. And so who knows? Maybe it'll just be like a off-schedule thing and... But funding is also an issue, yeah. so we have to make sure we have enough funding. But I think there is more than enough interest, and I can't wait to just be in that room again with that energy. There was such a buzz. It was so exciting. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun, and and just the art. I mean, I I met I had I had spoken with so many of those folks. I had spoken with everybody at least once, mm-hmm. right? All of the creators who were there. But to meet them, and I didn't get to meet, I met like 95% of them, and then I was just, mm-hmm. you know, buzzing around everywhere. But to meet them, and then I, I hardly picked up any work, which I really regret. I just didn't have the time. Right. But at least having made some kind of contact, and as I see them now, I'm just like, oh, man, this is great. I'm <laughs> so excited. I get to see more of this and see more of that. And we had such a a wide variety of material this is mm-hmm. i got a lot of feedback from my students because they had to write about the experience not just for the project and overwhelmingly they said they had no idea that this kind of work existed mm-hmm. which is just blows me away like how do how do you not know right. <laughs> right but i think what they meant was that 
there were so many talented people who were so accessible mm-hmm. to them and that they're people, right? Right. And so there was there was a lot of inspiration for our students. That's good. And <laughs> that that just I mean, that's so elevating and uplifting yeah. that, you know, how can you say no to that? So yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it next year. Yes, yes. You're going to become a, a regular fixture. Yeah, and then somebody's going to write about my book, and <laughs> and I'm going to get either angry or, yeah. you know, well, you have to, curse you know, them out on Twitter or something. I don't know. I, <laughs> no. You have to have a thick skin about it. So. Well, no, I'm pretty good with taking, like, constructive criticism. Yeah. Like, I, I don't ever get mad at somebody because they're I – mean, I know it's – you know, their, their opinion, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not going to be like, well, you're fucking wrong and an idiot because I'm like that, you know. but in my head. Oh, well, <laughs> I think most people are, but yeah. occasionally out loud if I've had a few. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I learned from taking ops class. It's like, just take it with a grain of salt. You like, have to, and any yeah. kind of artist, you cannot be I mean, you can be super touchy about it, yeah, but, you're, but it's just wasted energy yeah, because not you, everyone's going to get it. And you don't right? learn anything. Exactly. From it, you know? I, it was really hard for me to put my book out there because it's super, super, mm-hmm. it's generated from a very personal place. But I got some crazy questions, some great questions about, um, <laughs> from friends, including from friends about, they want to know like who people are. <laughs> and I'm just like, why would I tell you that? <laughs> But one of my favorite moments was, so this is my book, it's called Don't Ask Me, and much of the work is based on my mom's passing, Mm -hmm. which my mom died of pancreatic cancer a couple years ago, and I couldn't paint, I couldn't do any kind of art to express this pain that I was going through, but it came out through poetry, Mm -hmm. which is fabulous, so I thought, great, I have an outlet here, and some of the artwork is related, some is not, but it's compiled. But then among those, the poems about my mom are also poems about like romance and relationships and moments and things mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> so I had, I had uh, shared some of the poetry, some of the mom poetry with my sisters because I thought they're, they're the people who are going to get this more than anybody, right? And so they had read some of it. And then I, I went over um, a couple months ago to give them each their own copy mm-hmm. so they could see the final versions of this chapbook. So they sat at the table and I thought they were going to ask questions or, you know, say something about, oh, yeah, this is honoring <laughs> mom. But instead, they spent time speculating on who the boys are. <laughs> and they, I don't know, they, I was hearing some theories. I was trying not to pay attention. I was also <laughs> laughing. Because they were like, oh, I think this is about this. And I think, <laughs> hey, do you remember? And I'm like, what? I don't know. You're bringing up people I don't even remember. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It was very, very funny. And then a couple of people recently have asked me. And I'm just like, la, la, la. la, la. <laughs> but it's really, it's challenging to put personal stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be willing to take a risk. And it's obviously something I... I don't know that I would have done if my mom, obviously I'm not going to write poems about my mom passing if she's still around, right. but even the other, the other pieces. So I had a student who decided, he picked up a whole bunch of books. He was, he was trying to figure out what to work on, and he wound up writing about um, Diary of a Reluctant Dreamer and my book. Oh. And he put those together. 
and he came and he, to talk to me about it because he wanted <laughs> to you know kind of interview me a little bit and and um I said, yeah, sure, come on in. And he started asking me questions, and I started crying. Oh, no. <laughs> and I said, no, don't stop. I want you to keep asking me the questions, but I'm going to look away because he was hitting on some still raw nerves. Oh, yeah. Very, and I didn't even know until no. he asked the questions. So I said, he goes, oh, God, I don't want to get a bad grade. <laughs> I don't want to make my <laughs> professor cry. <laughs> and I said, no, this is great. It's great. It's like, I'm working through some shit right now. Yeah, Let's yeah. Just keep just, going. Just, just keep asking me. It's fine. It's fine. Really, it's fine. So That's that was fabulous. Funny. And and he he really some of it I some of his interpretation I was like I could see where he got that from. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he was right on. Oh, I mean, wow. right on. He talked about fear and that a lot of it is about the fear of you know loss, but also he talked about some of the romantic bits and. The fear of like being yourself and 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 uh, being evaluated for that negatively for that I don't know he, he just came up with some really cool stuff. I read this I printed it and <laughs> I've read it like two or three times now and then I was also flattered to be to be put up with um, Diary of a Reluctant Dreamer mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember I don't know why the name I know this person and it's completely slipped out of my head just too many names to remember sometimes this is the thing exactly (laughs) um it'll come to me though and so i was very flattered and i i was really happy with that so now i'm that's one of my projects for the summer is to finish so sort of a a, a part two a second chapbook but then Mm -hmm. put them together as one one complete collection of poetry and illustrations oh that's cool so that i have that um, to charge put it people out. fifteen bucks, <laughs> to twenty get more money. <laughs> yeah, no, but to have a complete collection <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I can move on to to another project completely. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add to mine because I forgot about this one story with my nephew. It was his birthday and I took he wanted a, a PlayStation Network card for Fortnite. Yeah, because that's what all nine year old. <laughs> this was like a year ago, so yeah, that's yeah. what all nine year olds were doing. So we were leaving, and he says, "I wouldn't want to be a pirate." I'm like, "I'm like, why?" He said, "Because I don't want to lose an eye." I'm like, "You don't have to lose an eye to be a pirate." He's what? like, "You do if you want to be a savage pirate." I'm oh. like, "Well, you got me there, kiddo. I don't know what to tell." All you. right, or you could just get the eye patch. Yeah, you know, and pretend like you don't have an eye. I mean, yeah, there it's you still go. Still intimidating, yeah. right? Alberto Ledesma. Oh, he okay. is the creator of Diary of a Reluctant Dreamer. I needed to get that out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I think that art is a risk, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's personal or not, all art is a risk. Uh, writing, whether you do poetry, whether you do prose, you know, uh, if you're an illustrator or a cartoonist, even if you're working for someone else, you are interpreting mm-hmm. whatever it is they're asking you to, to create. And so it's all a risk, and you have to you have to be thick skinned to mm-hmm. some to some degree. There was. I'll make this super fast. There was a painting that I did years ago, and it was a, a, a bird rising into a, a sunrise. So that was conceptually what I was meaning. Mm-hmm. So there was the sun, and it was very round, and it was like yellow and orange and red and very round, and then the birds rising into it. So that piece went up as part of a, a uh, an exhibit at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And I get this email saying... So about one of your paintings, we had to take it down. 
And I said, well, you know, maybe was it damaged? What happened? Somebody threw coffee at it, you know? <laughs> well, somebody complained that it was anti-wildlife or something because they thought it looked like the bird was flying into a target and was about to be shot. And I said, wow, that is a stretch, man. That, that is a, that, first of all, that is a story entirely in that person's head. Yeah. Because this, there's no little, you know, no, there's yeah. no way. I've never seen a target that's four different colors, but right. And it was, it was beautiful. It was mm -hmm. so. I was really upset in the moment, but then I, I thought, okay, you guys do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Take it down. I'm not going to fight for this. Plus, I was in a different city. <laughs> but then I posted about it, and I posted a photo, and a good friend of mine said, "Oh, I love that piece. I've been looking at that piece." I'm going to, now that somebody complained, I really want it. So they bought it. <laughs> <laughs> she added it to her collection. Oh, that's she, cool. Yeah. So thanks person who complained. <laughs> yeah. You made money off of it. So. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we both have things to get to. That, that went by so fast. Yeah. I think because it, what I said, like 40 minutes. Yeah. We're at how an, long has it been? An hour and six minutes. So. Now I know how yeah. this how this works, and people just go on and yeah. on. <laughs> so, it was great. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Taking the time out of your summer. Yes, out of my grading, really, right now. No. But that's all right. Yeah. You know, I don't need an excuse <laughs> to take time out of that. Yeah. Well, everyone, uh, the uh, Latinx Comics Festival. March 20th, 21st, Modesto Junior College. What's the name of the building? Uh, Mary Stewart Mary Rogers. Mary Stewart Rogers Building. building yeah. I always want to say Mary Stewart Masters. Same <laughs> here. I was like, and then also at the Gallo, they have a theater, MS, or Mary Stewart Rogers yes. Theater. MSR. I'm like, yeah. MSR. Yeah, and it's, uh, I think it's 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. both days. Oh, both so we days. We made the time, oh, yeah, okay. the consistent for both days. But there'll be lots of... Uh, media coming mm -hmm. up very soon we have a phenomenal poster artist who if you don't know her yet i will reveal that no nope. um then you will love her because mm -hmm. she's a she's just amazing and she's done this just super beautiful job of kind of capturing the vision she's working on the logo as well Oh, awesome and she's on it man so <laughs> it's been great so any social media you want to you want to plug oh uh no i'm no. behind on the social media okay. you don't business. have to <laughs> yeah so although i will i will say my um if you want to follow me on instagram it's at doc t rove so it's d-o-c-t-e-e-r-o-h and that's all art stuff all art stuff there. i can i can confirm that <laughs> <laughs> all art all right so until next time thank you so much yay